on Sagittarian Matters, it's a vegan food review extravaganza. We talk about pourable pizza cheese, cashew ravioli, vegan smoked salmon, homemade chickpea tofu, and so much more. With very special friend to the show, Morgan. Plus, some unsolicited vegan food reviews from Don Riddle. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters. Don Riddle here in Logroño, La Rioja in Spain. I'm here to just review some more foods, whether you like it or not. Well, one food in particular, which is the prunes of the region, the ciruellas pasas. And maybe my accent is quite wrong for that, but if you come and you say that, they'll give you prunes. Um, The prunes here are the best prunes I've ever had. And as, you know, fans of the show, you probably are also huge prune fans. Um, So the prunes here have pits in them. And they're, you know, you can get prunes that are like kind of dry. And then also there's sometimes they're kind of sweaty in the bag. (laughs) These are on the dry side. Um, They have a delicate flavor, a great mouthfeel, a super good chew aesthetic. You just have to be careful about the pits. Um, So when you come to this region of Spain, or perhaps all of Spain, I don't know, this is the only one where I had prunes. um, You got to get them. You get them at the dried fruit and nut and bean place um, in your area. And the one here really had some great items. I also got some dates that are like the best dates I've ever had, but... We're not talking about dates here. We're talking about prunes. They're really good. Okay, signing off. This has been Don Riddle, Unsolicited Vegan Food Correspondent, International Edition. Morgan is a frequent contributor and fan favorite of Sagittarian Matters. She is a former vegan chef and baker, a very good friend to the show, and she loves salads and beans more than I can say. Now please enjoy my talk with friend of the show, Morgan. Morgan, welcome back to the podcast. Never felt more welcome in my entire life. You've never been more welcome in your whole life. (laughs) (laughs) That maybe makes me feel a little sad, but I've got it. Thank you. (laughs) No, every day I see you, you're more welcome (laughs) to the podcast. Heartful, heartful, eyes closed, heartful, can't lose, whatever that TV show thing is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Morgan, we have too much to talk about today in too little time. Uh, Always. This is the theme of my life. I want to, I want to eat a pasta first because I'm concerned about texture. (laughs) I'm going to tell you my agenda. You tell me your agenda. My agenda is talking about jerks at a store. Oh yeah. Coming bird feeder tricks and tips. 
<laughs> Vegan salmon, ravioli, pot pie, just what I needed. Oh yeah. That's my You're really, this is a wide net. Yeah. <laughs> well, really? we, have, we have like interpersonal affairs, mm-hmm. restaurants, and then products <laughs> and then old timey recipes. <laughs> please bring on the old-timey recipes I just still really wish there was a short-lived tv show on some kind of like pbs maybe it wasn't actually where they did um historic cooking challenges but with only historic tools and you know I've (laughs) mentioned it before because it was such a slam dunk um Nancy Silverton of like La Brea Bakery fame and like a bunch of other stuff was one of the judges and I managed to find it on the internet and then I found it and then they took it down it was like 10 years ago it's just a lot of like you know dogs running on spits I don't know what (laughs) I don't sanction that but it was like literally you have to craft this medieval fantasy animal out of multiple other animals horrible this is not vegan oh my god (laughs) okay but the concept was that you had to like have it on a spit with dogs turning the thing and uh, none of this is vegan friendly at all why dogs why can't you just turn it yourself this is the, the thing at the time. And so then they traveled forward through time cooking with historic tools and historic recipes. And I was like, it, this is genius. Why did it ever go away? Did they ever get to Carib? <laughs> <laughs> the 70s is what you're telling me. <laughs> I only watched a single episode, but I'm still thirsting for more. So if anyone hears this and has powers. <laughs> Morgan, I, I have other things to talk about, but... Before I chit chat with you, chit-chat. I want to knock knock it out of the park with vegan spinach and cashew ravioli from Trader Giotto. Actually, oh. Trader it's from Trader Joe's. Trader Joe, I think, stopped using those different. I think they name. did, and I, we're we're all <laughs> grateful for it. But Nicole's still <laughs> revisiting. <laughs> also, a- nothing says powerful breakfast like a <laughs> hearty bowl of vegan. <laughs> Nicole's in pajamas. I'm not sure. What no, is- this is my clothes. Oh, <laughs> forgive me. Forgive me. Um, okay. So this is vegan spinach and cashew ravioli, thin mm. stuffed pasta with spinach and a velvety cashew filling. Did someone say velvety? I just wanted to taste it really quick before it became hardened. And unvelvety. Just- <laughs> Trader Joe justice. Like um, our spirits. I made yeah. this in, I boiled it until desired consistency, mm-hmm. my Good. desire. And then I just put a little raw garlic first thing in the morning, olive oh. oil, and my favorite Trader Joe's bomba sauce, which is mm-hmm. a, a hot Calabrian pepper, mm. which friends to the show, Lydia and Candy sent me some during quarantine when I couldn't get any. Ooh, that's a nice gift. Also, this is like an entirely like a closed system meal everything is from within the walls of trader joe's um except for i got fancy garlic but okay looks good these are little circles it thin. is thin it's a nice thin ravioli i just you know sometimes you have a ravioli that's almost like a pierogi like you have a ravioli there mm. like, whoa this is really <laughs> thin it actually is almost like wonton thin Ooh. and um the inside is it's fine. Like, it's like, you know, like when you're eating an egg roll and like, you're like, if you stop to think about what was inside of it, you'd be like shrug or uh. like, there's something sometimes like the, the filling of something is not such a standout, but altogether the harmony. 
Mm, the harmony of flavors and textures. Oh. I like the softness. You got harmony? Yeah. Pillowy? Mm -hmm. I don't know about velvet. Oh. <laughs> Velveteen. Wait, what's the other stuff? Like a tracksuit? Uh, oh, this, yeah, this is velour. like not velour. This is, I don't, this isn't even, this is like corduroy. Oh, right. Well, it's, it's spinach and cashew something together. Maybe a different chef could make it velvety, but I didn't. But anyway, I give this a thumbs up. Nice. All right. Trader Joe. Thanks, Mr. Joe. Thumb up. Okay, Morgan, what you got? All right. Okay. Well, there's sort of a, a, a small, but, but very journey as well. So first and foremost, we'll go chronologically. I, we went to food fight to oh. see if they had any of the pourable liquid vegan pizza mozzarella made by Miyoko's creamery. And they had had it. And then they sold out. They're like, no way. We can't keep it in stock. We were shocked. We even got a shipment of it. And I was like, ah, darn. Okay. Well, shucks. Sems the breaks. And then I happened to be at new seasons and Torrance spotted a single lone dented container tucked back on this shelf. So we climbed up, grabbed it. We were like, yes, it's pizza time. And, um, so we had some pre-made dough. There were some morels on the pizza, some caramelized onions, kept it simple. So everything would really, you know, shine as we've talked about. And, um, it's really like mm, cognitively off-putting to pour a, like a wet sauce all over your wet dough. And you're like, this is going to be terrible. And they were like, use a light hand or whatever. So did all of that. It's so good. I think I got tricked by mm -hmm. a TikTok video. And so I tried to use almost the whole bottle on one How pizza and it was quite thick. It was a lot, <laughs> but then I, I didn't use, I somehow I stopped myself in time. And then I kept that bottle around and I added it to like tofu scrambles and Ooh. like a, a veggie saute because it will do its same yummy mozzarella thing in the pan. Whoa. It, it was great with the tofu scramble to make it more like a frittata. Wow. I, tell me I more mean, about the taste, the texture, everything. No, that's it. It gets bubbly. It gets like a little toastier on the edges, much in the same way that their actual firm sliceable mozzarella does. You know, it like melts a little, gets bubbly, crispy, kind of spreads, fills in all of the gaps. Um, stretchy is maybe an overstatement, but like taste delicious. And then, you know, of course, like the, you know, 90s punk in me is like, well, I could probably make this myself. Right. <laughs> so that might be the next journey is DIY. Also now thinking about throwing it in a scramble or putting it on a whatever unconventional, um, you know, whatever usage really like there's gotta be people have thought of some hacks. Like what else can be done with this liquid format? You know, well, I would think like you could, could you put it on top of a lasagna? Couldn't you? Could you not? Well, cause to Could me, like, not? I was like, I'm not going to eat multiple pizzas in the time it takes for this to be in my fridge before it expires. Yeah. So what else can I put a it bottle. on? Yeah. Right. I know. So now I want to snoop and see what other genius things people have done. What, what do we got to, do we got a crepe? Do we got a lasagna? Do we got a tofu scram? Well, we got could, a could you make bake? your own like cheese? What do they call it when you just have a fried cheese? I don't know. Yeah, that, the fried cheese. What about an au gratin? Oh, Ooh. 
Wow. Oh, Groton. Wow, Groton. Yeah. Morgan, um, thumbs so, up, thumbs down. Oh, double thumbs up on this. The only thumbs down is that it's so hard to get a hold of. I want to tell you, I'm not wearing pajamas. I'm wearing a, a T-shirt from Matha, the Museum of Transgender History and Art by Chris Vargas. Oh, yeah. A, a co-production with Wacky Wacko. And it, oh. so it has the um, drawings of different covers of trans movies or movies that include trans question mark characters uh, throughout time. And most of my clothes nowadays do look like pajamas because of the print that you formerly only saw on a flannel button up worn at Christmas time. <laughs> it looks but, great. I actually, I like this shirt. Thank you. Mm. Speaking of Chris Vargas. Mm-hmm, do tell. Blessed slash cursed the podcast by gifting me something from Grocery Outlet. Oh, wow. We're exploring new, new territories. We're just going to take a moment to say grocery outlet bargain market also lovingly known as the gross out worst theme song in the world played over and over again over their own speakers works though don't we all know it now it does work okay i need to tell you some things that are wrong before we even taste it so sophie's vegan smoked salmon the packaging is cute it looks very like sort of social media there's like an overexposed bagel with some this is exactly what i suggested you do with it do a little soft cheese spread some ribbons of something and then a sprig of dill on top and we've got a nice little you know cursive with some gentle pink millennial pink stripes well sophie's kitchen in the spirit of the show where i try things out of context oh yeah like when we tried stinky cheese with no like none of the things that the people told us to. And I was like, oh, it's so pungent. I wish there was something to cut it. Um, <laughs> Didn't we eat natto just like on a spoon? We ate natto on a spoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> this Sophie's Kitchen vegan smoked salmon is meant to be eaten on a bagel with cream cheese, etc. I have none of these things. I made a tofu. I made like a very kind of basic tofu thing to pair thing. with it. Uh-huh. Like I just, I cut up some tofu and I, what do you want to pan fried seared? What I put olive oil in my nonstick skillet and then made it brown on each side and added some green onions and kale. Oh. And mm-hmm. just, I flavored it with Trader Joe's everything but the bagel. <laughs> and the only thing in my house I had that was bread-like, sorry, is the crust from my vegan pot pie that I made from the new farm cookbook, which we'll talk about in a second. But so I have it I, a couple different ways that are, but I want to tell you something, which is you're meant to store this in the freezer. And then yeah. when you go to preparation, it just says our vegan salmon's open fired, wood smoked and ready to eat. That's not preparation from the freezer, from the freezer, bitch, Sophie. <laughs> Sophie. So, so I took it out of the freezer an hour early and it was still frosty. So then I had to put it in my still warm skillet to get the ice crystals off. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but I think that's like an ice crystal. The Mm. PR team could have, um, they could have maybe put a little bit more effort into the preparation part and moved that fun description somewhere else in the box. (laughs) I'm telling you, we have our like next career move cut out for us, which is like, you know, copy for food packaging. 
I got to tell you one more. You want to hear the food packaging copy? You know, I do. Well, I want you to see the the image on the back is like a silhouette of a little girl running. Uh, why? Why is I she running know. away from the salmon? She's running to the salmon. <laughs> Proud to offer the first in market, hundred percent plant-based seafood since 2011. I'm sorry. They've never heard of the entire continent of Asia. Yeah. Also okay. since 2011. That's the, that's not the first uh, vegan seafood in the market. I'm sorry to say oh. that for many reasons. Um, when my firstborn <laughs> daughter suffered a severe reaction to seafood, when she was just a toddler. I woke up. Not all foods are good for everyone. So she has to eat seafood throughout her life. So we got to come up with a solution. Got it. I began to study the serious plight of the oceans. I decided to take my 40 plus years of producing vegetarian foods. Whoa. To Whoa, disrupt, what stuff have you been making? Wow. To disrupt the plant-based food category by creating bo- sharks. <laughs> sharks. When my firstborn daughter suffered a severe reaction to seafood yeah. when she was a father, I woke up. Not all foods are good for everyone. Sharks. Then I began to study the serious plight of the ocean. I decided to take my 40 plus years of producing vegetarian foods to disrupt the plant-based food category by creating believable, satisfying seafood alternatives. Mm -hmm. We use traditional plant-based superfoods to offer products that are perfect for those with allergies and sensitivities, vegans, and those that wish to simply add more plant-based foods to their diet. From Eugene, we create Sophie's Kitchen Plant-Based Seafood, TM, and we invite you to enjoy it. Wow, number one, I didn't know superfoods were still trending. <laughs> so I guess that speaks to the 2011 part. And, um, yeah, I think you got Mark Cuban's attention with this one. <laughs> okay. Do you want to see what it looks like? I do. What? It's really stripy. It looks exactly like Morningstar fake and bacon. I think it is. Morningstar. I think it is Morningstar. <laughs> it smells just like Morningstar fake and bacon. What? I can't feel I should take a picture of it. The, um, the like, striping pattern and like color palette is sort of, you know, unmistakable. Maybe that's what they've trademarked. I, you know, I just want, can you be a witness here that you've been to vegan Chinese restaurants since the nineties that have fake seafood? Yeah. Oh yeah. We got vegan scallop, vegan shrimp, vegan, all kinds of stuff. Okay. <laughs> How's it? I really don't really know what real salmon is like. So <laughs> I tasted it. How okay. I tasted it. If you took a it? bacon bake it, it just made it rubbery. If this was like a rubber snake that was flattened <laughs> and covered in uh, liquid smoke. It's just bacon bacon. They just packaged it differently. They made broader stripes instead of more narrow stripes. This, this is a rubber. Oh, it's a horizontal stripe instead of a vertical stripe. That's the difference. This is a rubber snake covered in liquid smoke. Wait, what's it made of? I mean, other than superfoods, obviously. Rubber snake, water, (laughs) olive oil, konjac powder. Yeah. Okay. Pea starch, superfood potato starch. Super. Pea protein, sea salt, organic agave nectar, seaweed powder, fenugreek, alginate from seaweed, paprika, and calcium hydroxide. So really they just were like, we're using seaweed and products from the sea to make this. Wait a minute, products from the sea to make this. And so now we're calling it fish instead of bacon. I want to have a word with Eugene who wrote that thing. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> this is so weird. I think that you should make carrot locks instead of this. Yeah, 
okay, from what I've seen of fish of the past, I don't know, 40 years or whatever, like it doesn't bounce around like that when you wiggle it at your friend. <laughs> it has more of like a, your teeth sink through it. Like, I don't know what, yeah. like a carrot, like a cooked carrot. <laughs> like there's not a lot of chewing that has to happen, right? It just kind well, of. I, I've, oh, it's smoked. I guess I've, it's smoked salmon the same as lox. I've had maybe lox is raw salmon. Person. I've had lox in my life as a child on bagels. Lox is soft and moist and it's not quite as similar to a rubber snake. <laughs> less snaky, less rubbery. Okay. I'm going to have to give this a thumbs down. Oh wait, I am going to try it with my tofu just to give it a fair shot. Oh, wow. You know, oh my God, look at how hard it is to even tear it. <gasps> Okay. Wow. It looks like um, a cat treat or a dog treat. I wish it was a cat treat. Okay. I know. Should I try it I'm on my pot pie crust first? This is getting highly experimental over here. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan, for being my friend. De deconstructed, reconstructed. The face says she's loving it, everybody. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Oh, I'm yeah. loving Sorry. it. Sorry. Register trade. Ponyo's coming. Ponyo heard me crunching something. Yeah. She wants to know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm trying it with tofu. Um, I mean, I just, I think I would either, I think if I wanted one of these flavors, I would either just add liquid smoke to something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or seaweed flakes. Yeah. Also, you know, again, like who's really like, um, you know, my life feels totally incomplete without thinly sliced smoked salmon. I mean, I guess if you're having it on like a bagel as if it's lox, like, yeah, that's, I get it. My family ate a lot of lox bagels. And I mean, not my immediate family, but my extended family. So my like, spiritual family. <laughs> that's you. But like, uh, is this gonna, is this gonna fill that void? My toddler daughter was bereft when she could no longer eat smoked salmon. Smoked salmon. We knew that she wouldn't have a normal life. Do you it's... think toddlers would like this stuff? No. I mean, I don't like as a as like if they were teething. Um, I don't even want to feed this <laughs> to Ponyo. Ponyo's very oh. interested. I'm gonna feed her a little bit of my crust. All right, Morgan. I'm gonna give okay. this a thumbs down. Sadly. Okay. So French of the so show, Chris knew he was doing me a disservice and gave this to me almost as a prank. And <laughs> now we know why it's a grocery outlet bargain market. Yeah. Okay. But gross out <laughs> earning the name every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jamie Soretti, Kim Mishimoto, Jamie Rabin, Laura Perry, Ellis Bernhardt, Emily Drake, Claudia Taylor, Remedios Martinez, Soshana Ruth Wechter, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, in particular producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or, this just in, he's got a Venmo. It's Hell Books on Venmo. H-E, Double Hockey Sticks, books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Puerto Ponyo looks forward to it, too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's speaking voice.
Okay. I'm going to move on to, I, you know, Nicole and I have both been advertised all kinds of alternative tofus. So I chose to make um, a chickpea tofu. Apparently it's like a Burmese tofu, which I've eaten. Mm, Mine is mm -hmm. not nearly as good as um, the one from Top Burmese. And um, so there's apparently two recipes that are out in the world that are kind of the most common. One is like a chickpea flour that you just mix with water and maybe a spice or two and let it set and cut it up and then cook it as you desire. I chose the whole chickpea. So you kind of do this thing where you soak the beans, then, you know, put some fresh water in beans with in a blender and you make like, it's like kind of almost like making soy milk. If you also remember the nineties. Um, and so then you blend it all up into this kind of goopy paste and then you strain out all of the pulp. And then with cheesecloth? Oh yeah, but current modern technology has given us a nut milk bag. Oh. So, <clears throat> so I used that because I happen to have one. And then you cook down that bean milk and it, um, so I may have, may have stumbled or faltered on this. <gasps> Um, much like a, you know, if you got cornstarch in water, if you're not kind of tending to it constantly, it gets little lumps and then you can get um, just a lumpy texture. It's not silky smooth. So I did get some lumps because I wasn't stirring it the whole time, um, but it doesn't seem to really affect the texture. So anyway, you let it set, then you do your thing, you prepare it. So I have um, fried up these little cubes. I made it last night and then I fried it today and I made it just with a little soy sauce, browned it in oil, did a little soy sauce just so I could kind of taste it, you know, as maybe one might eat a, a food. And here we go. Okay, we go. She so, popped it in her mouth. I mean, they look great. Do they not look golden as hell? It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's been about 20 or 30 minutes. So they've lost a little bit of their initial crunch, but it was very crunchy to start with. Beautiful. The beaniness fades away. So the texture, when I was cooking it, it says you can cook it longer to make it thicker. And I cooked it and stirred it for about 20 minutes before I let it set. So when I was eating it this morning, after having browned it, um, the interior is so creamy and soft this is the silken tofu version that it almost melts in your mouth so it almost returns to this like not quite bean milk but like it really is so soft so I might cook it longer next time for a firmer texture um but not grainy delicious. no I don't even feel the lumps not grainy not doesn't taste like an uncooked bean it just tastes like this it's almost like the texture of polenta-ish, but like without the polenta-ness, you know, like okay. if you took out all of the grains of corn. So yeah. And it's like, I can squeeze it, you know, I would for sure maybe make this even thinner. And cause this is like, I don't know, three quarters of an inch thick or something. Um, so I might even make it thinner so I could have less of the melty interior and like make some sandwiches out of it, you know? <gasps> Ooh, but, will you share the recipe for this mm -hmm. on the Sagittarius Matters Instagram page? Absolutely. And I also would um, try making it with chickpea flour because I think you might get a little like 
more texture that you can actually chew because you're not filtering out all of that pulp, like the, the bean, the actual bean. Yum. This opens up a whole new world. Morgan, I'm genuinely surprised. I've only had it once at a Burmese place in LA that no longer exists and um, chickpea temp tofu. And I found it kind of grainy. Oh, and un- it felt like too densely starchy to me. Maybe it was the flour version, not the milk version. Wow. It's You've- pretty incredible. We were like, I don't think this is going to work. Remember aquafaba when you're like, no, this is definitely not going to work. No way. Yeah. And then you're like, what? Um, yeah. And apparently you can make it with other beans, which I did not try. Um, maybe it's not like a traditional recipe to use alternative beans, but um, yeah, would absolutely make again. Wonderful. So you're giving this two thumbs up. I give it two thumbs up. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Also, the only seasoning I added in the cooking process was like a wee little sprink of salt. So you can jazz it up with some other stuff, make some season seasoning, whatever decisions. I want to, while we're talking about recipes, mm-hmm. I want to tell you a tried and true favorite. Oh my God. People, oh. I can send you photos of my disgusting cookbook. Uh, <laughs> Please do which it's the new farm cookbook. Mm. I believe the copy I have originally belonged to Rachel Carnes and was left at my house by an ex of hers. Wow. This is her story. This is a piece of her story. It is like mm-hmm. the binding is coming apart. There's food mm. stains on the most popular pages. The vegan pot pie in there includes a giant batch of nutritional yeast, quote unquote, golden gravy. You make your own crust. It was so easy. It's just like flour, water, salt. That's the crust. That's it. That's it. Wait, sorry. That margarine. I didn't have margarine. So I used coconut oil. So I'm really getting revisited by that coconut taste. Um, (laughs) But it just, it was, it was so easy just to be like, I have water. I have salt. I have a fat. I have flour. Mm-hmm. This took me one minute to do. I make it in a cast iron skillet. Finally, a use for your cast iron skillet. What? I just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me. I'm baiting you. <laughs> you are. That's all I have. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, so you, you saute some tofu with your classic, like you kind of like you toss it. It, you, you get, you get like a little bowl or a dish and you put your nutritional yeast in there, maybe some flour, salt and pepper, garlic powder, if you're crazy, and then put some tofu cubes in there, shake and bake, shake mm-hmm. it up, get them covered Ooh. and then fry them in oil. So they're feeling good. Put them to the side, maybe like par cook some like onions. I like broccoli, peas, spinach, if you're nasty, uh, mm-hmm. or cauliflower, if you're nasty. Mm. And then you put those things in your pie crust, cover it in the golden gravy and then cook it for like 45 minutes. It's just, it's so good. It's usually something <laughs> I make for like a, you know, a holiday thing. But, uh, the other day I just was like, you know what? I got tofu. I got peas. I got leftover cauliflower. Got a meal. Yeah. Do. Mm-hmm. Baby, you got a stew going. So <laughs> that's my recipe of the day for you, everybody. You know what? I think you might've, um, tried to try to 
hoist this on people in the past. So <laughs> someone's really loving it. I'm back. Well, the other I'm day, Lagusta <laughs> was like going through her files and was posting all these Instagram stories about like, oh, wow, here's like this carob brownie recipe they made us learn in macrobiotic cooking school. Oh, man, spelt flour. What is it, the 70s? And I was like, I'll Bring take that. On. I'll take that. I know um, <laughs> when you showed me that the jam thumbprint cookie recipe or whatever, I was like, I cannot even tell you how many vegan restaurants of a certain era I ate that exact cookie at. Like, it's really good. You know, I'm like, I know that sugar-free raspberry jam with that nutty (laughs) (laughs) cookie outside, like everywhere. You couldn't escape them. It was like the, you know, have you had a portobello mushroom? So what you do is you take a portobello (laughs) mushroom. Like, yes, you bet. I want you to know that I'm the same person I've always been. I think (laughs) as a teenager, I put either, I put it in a zine, I think. Somewhere I put a portobello steak (laughs) recipe where Mm -hmm. I was like, you cut up a portobello, you cover it in butter. Yeah. Vegan butter. (laughs) You put it in the oven. It's brags. Yeah. Yeah. And I just never know the difference. Bon appetit. Mm. Bon enjoy. Enjoy. Morgan, you and I have both been to a place in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. a bakery called Just What I Needed. Spelled yes. K-N-E-A-D-E-D. I think it's Frogtown. It it's, it's Frogish. Frogtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went there the other day. Uh, yes. fr- friend to the show, Marley, who used to work with you at Dovetail Bakery, works there. Yeah. Oh, Marley's the best. We didn't get to go there together, but can you tell me about your visitation to just what I needed in Los Angeles, California? Oh, wow. Okay. So we went and Marley did give us the royal treatment and we got to taste a bunch of different treats um all kinds of stuff a cookie as big as my face that was like so melty and delicious you like a crispy exterior and a melty interior and you'll just be in heaven I just think it's like um I just think everything they do they do really well everything I had was like exceptionally delicious there were these biscuit sandwiches that I was sort of regretting not eating that were like maybe a foot and a half tall um (gasps) It looked so good. Maybe it's a weekend only special. Um, But yeah, everything is like got a variety of textures. Like, you know, for, for those of us who are around for earlier vegan days, you know, it was like outside, inside, same texture, mostly just dry and crumbly, but like everything has like a crispy element and a soft element and like a toasty bit and like a less toasty bit and like a good balance of sweet and salty. And yeah. And it's cute as hell. I got a chocolate chip cookie. You and I part ways on Mm -hmm. some things about chocolate chip cookies. Oh my God. I know this cookie. I thought of you because you told me all about it. And I want you to know listeners, there's such a strong chocolate ratio in there. High chocolate ratio and good chocolate, good tasting, like rich, dark chocolate on a big flat cookie with crispy Mm -hmm. edges and salt on the top. It's my dream chocolate Mm -hmm. chip cookie. You Famously, <laughs> like a scant, a stingy chocolate smattering in the chocolate chip cookie. No, this is this is the controversy I bring with me. Is I'm not a huge chocolate lover, so my favorite all-time cookie is chocolate chip cookie, no chocolate plus walnuts. <laughs> it's not a chocolate chip cookie at all. But I understand and can like relate to people's love of um the classic. 
I mean, that cookie is good though. Even, it was so I can remember, good. It's so good. I, I also got biscuits my and memory is still warm. Like even, I don't know. Really? They, I don't know. It was melty. Oh my God. It was great. And I ate part of it in the car, part of it in the house, part of it after a nap, part of it the next day for breakfast. It held up, but I got biscuits and gravy too. Mm. So dovetail bakery, RIP famously yeah. had good vibes and great biscuits and gravy. And I feel like dovetail bakery set the tone. And every time I go into a bakery, like, they, like this place similarly has good vibes. It has great vibes. It feels like, um, I want you to know while I was there, I was there alone. I live a little further out of town now. So I'm getting that kind of like you live alone weirdness yeah. where every time you see somebody, you talk to them like a little too long. <laughs> like you're the, like the, the claws come out. Like the, like the postman goes to give you your change and you just hold their hand and yeah, look in yeah, their yeah. eyes and just go, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as they're like, well, have a good day. You start a new story. Oh my gosh. Well, this morning I was, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's me now. So I went there and I was Sunday morning and there was a line and there was dogs in the line. So I was really, I feel, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I owe these people in amends, but I talked to these people with dogs for a really long time. <laughs> I know everything about the dogs I met in line. Uh, anyway, one of them was in front of me and a toddler ran by with a vegan, uh, pop tart. The mm -hmm. toddler ran into the dog, dropped the pop tart. The dog ate it in 0.2 seconds. The entire pop tart <gasps> gone. The kid, the kid didn't cry or anything. They just looked confused. Wow. And ran to their parent who was like, where did your entire pop tart go? And then the dog, I think the dog's name was BB thrilled. thrilled. Yeah. Best day of its life. So good vibes in there. Uh, biscuits and gravy. Wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad I, I, it is my regret not living close enough to go back on a regular basis that I didn't get a biscuit. I did eat the pop tart and it was delicious. And they have cute little like fro frosting glazed illustrations of different things on them all the time. Like you never know what, what you're going to find. They also have a significant gluten-free element there. Oh yeah. You know what? I had a gluten-free quiche, like the savory quiche and it was so good. Mm. That's the thing I would eat every day. Mm. Yeah. I would go there every single day. All well, right, Morgan. Out, here we come. Uh oh, we're going to be those regulars. What's we're going to be those club. The, what is it? The baker's daughter. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I wish you could recite that poem on the podcast. I think I had to throw it away. You did. This was the I'm referring to a poem that a longtime regular gave Morgan once that he wrote about the woman at the bakery. Maybe an inspired <laughs> poem. Some tears in the poem. Yeah. Ooh. I have a tip, and I have a a review of something that I didn't like. Uh -oh. Do you have anything else? Wait, we got to rewind. Where's your thumb for just what I needed? I think we know where it is. My thumb is way up. Uh, my thumbs are up too. Yeah. Check out just what I needed in Los Angeles, California. You can follow them on Instagram and see all the pop tart designs. Mm -hmm. If you don't live there, their cookies are really worth it. Yeah. I mean, I would say everything is really worth it. And like the cookies just tip the scale right over the top. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Mm. Um, and now I okay. want to hear what you don't like. Well, I do and don't like 
my, um, I just want to give a, give a shout out to cookbook in Los Angeles, California cookbook Mm. is so in LA, it's easy to find depressing produce. Like if you go to like any grocery store, any whole foods, uh, some, some, even some far quote unquote farmers markets, it's like the same five vegetables and they just, there's something that tastes a little bit dead or a little bit depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you can find good vegetables in LA without having to drive to Santa Monica for the farmer's market, mm-hmm. um, on a regular day, not like a special farmer's market day, do it. Uh, my CSA that I loved County line is no longer offering CSA boxes. So I'm up a tree. So I go to a place called cookbook cookbook has a couple of small stores and it's just like a small market, very expensive, but sometimes exquisite produce directly from farms, including the place I used to get my CSA from, mm-hmm. um, famously $9 strawberries last summer, oh. the strawberries, tiny thing, not the big clamshell, the tiny, tiny half pint, $8 last year, this year, $9. Um, inflation, inflation. So I just wanted to say the other day I was waiting in line to get rug up for my $9 strawberries. And I just, I can't tell you how hateful everybody was in there that day. Mm. I've worked customer service. I don't always have a smile on my face, but there was just like, just a hateful vibe. It's like almost like SM or something to be like, please let me give you you know, too 30, much money for these. Please yeah. let me give you $30 for two clumps of kale and some strawberries, please. <laughs> and please and then the person's like, then they're like, fuck you. <laughs> like, Thank you. Thank but you. I just want to say I've, everybody who knows cookbook knows that this is the way it is sometimes. And you will keep going back. Why is everyone so grumpy? I don't know. Sometimes you go and everyone's like the nicest person you've ever met. Who's like, I know what kind of wine you like girl, I'm like your best friend because I like that same kind of wine too. Can I tell you about something else? And you're like, okay, best friend. Yeah. You go in and they're like, fuck you. Get out of here. Give me $400 and get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Don't look at me. Wow. I say all this to say, I don't think this will affect their business in the slightest because you'll go there anyway, because you have to, Mm -hmm, if you want what they're selling, you can't get it anywhere else. That lively produce, that lively produce, the incredible orange wine selection. They have that Zoom chocolate tahini. They have a kind of um, oh, black yeah, sesame that's... butter with cookie or, or sorry, with like what? bread crust, breadcrumbs in it. That sounds they, like nothing they, I've ever heard of. They have Rancho Gordo beans. They have incredible homemade verde salsa with avocado in it. They have tofu that costs like a million dollars. I mean, I really I recommend. All you need is a couple garbanzos. I really go. recommend cookbook in LA and <laughs> you tell me if it feels like you're going into a dungeon. Steal yourself emotionally before you enter the premises. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. We just don't have that in Portland. I mean, there's probably something similar. The hatefulness. But like, yeah. And like, even when you look at a thing and you're like, wow, this is very expensive for what it is like double that. And then you have it in LA, you know, or oh, like, like air like you go to air one. Yeah. I can't even go in there. Cause that's just too much for me. You're like, that doesn't even make sense. They must've written the price incorrectly on that. And they're like, no, it's $30 a pound for this, um, baked tofu or whatever it is. You're like, wow, how, <laughs> how is that possible? How is that possible? It just um, is. I did see at, I, I don't know if I think at cookbook and they have these at air one, 
There's these strawberries that I've never tried for reasons that will become Harry's berries, $20 a clamshell. My mom references these and she's like, they are fabulous. And I'm like, have you ever had a strawberry though? Have you? I remember Morgan coming to to stay at your house when I was teaching middle school in Oregon Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. berry time Mm -hmm. and just two for $5 hood strawberries getting as many as I could possibly imagine myself eating before they went South. And they only last for like one, two days max. So they never leave the area. You have to eat them here. And they're like, just undescribable. I mean, $5, those are like worth $10 a pint, but like some kind of like, whatever, you know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even talking like the nineties. I'm talking like a few years ago. Yeah. I've never had Harry's berries, but I have heard them mentioned more than once. I just think it's because they're so expensive. And then your brain does the thing where it turns inside out and you're like, they must be good. And then they are good or something. You're like, cause I have to, you know, I I just say, fuck you, Harry. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 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 I'm often accused of being outdated in my pricing. $20 for strawberries. But that just seems like a lot. No. I mean, also like. Harry, get a grip. Yeah. Who has just $20 just chilling around just to buy one little container of strawberries? I really want to taste them. Me too. Because <laughs> now I just want to know, are we going to be like, oh shit, I am eating crow on this. Or are we like, this is Harry, take your head out of your ass. I mean, I just want to say something that listeners, astute listeners may be thinking. They might say, Nicole, if you're paying $9 for a half pint, why are you acting like $20 for a pint? It's so outrageous to you. Great question, mm-hmm. listeners. I don't know. Great question. <laughs> hey, writers and artists. Do you want to be told what to do? Do you want a loving but firm presence to give you direction in this unanswerable world? Join Homework Club and let author and arts consultant Beth Pickens break life down into manageable steps. Just $15 a month for homework, workshops, and connect with other artists and writers through customized accountability pods. Homework Club. Go to BethPickens.com for more information. I have one last thing I want to taste on the show, which I forgot I had purchased also. They're called Snacklands. And they right. are Chesapeake Bay Plant Crisps. Eat the whole bag. Registered trademark. Um, I think they're like vegan cracklins. And it says made from simple ingredients. Yucca, mushrooms, and onions. Mm. 100 calories per serving. Don't care. Shape and texture that elude categorization. <laughs> Impossibly on. crunchy. Remarkably airy. That's it. They are from Canada. Are you ready to taste? The shape and the texture you can't even describe? No, it's impossible. It eludes description. I mean, I think if it was like a pudding, the shape could, I mean, it looks like um, a dip in Frito. It does look like a dip in Frito. (laughs) (laughs) Eludes. Eludes description. There's something like kind of aromatic on here. And I'm guessing that's spice, onion, or sea salt. Are we talking they're a little styrofoam? What are we talking? Yeah, they're like a cousin of a funion. Okay. <laughs> oh, they taste like soup mix. 
Doesn't have a Funyun soup mix. Yeah, they're exactly like, I stayed home for sick from school and I get to eat a weird salty soup mix like a Lipton's or something because it's a special treat because I'm not feeling well, but in the form of a chip. Ooh, what are they called? They're called cracklins? Snacklins. Would you yeah. eat the whole bag, trademark? Oh God, no, my eyes would puff shut because they're so salty. <laughs> I would, wow. I would, um, ooh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. It says there's 150 milligrams per serving, 450 milligrams per bag, which apparently is supposed to only be 20% of your salt, according to Canada. I think I would, um, yeah, I think I would like not be able to open my eyes tomorrow because of the, the salt puff. What are, what are the, what's the occasion for this? Could you put this on a sandwich? Could you put this on a salad? Would you eat this in the car? Would you eat this at the movies? Probably like a road trip or as part of a, like a lunch box, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm having a crunchy, I have a tangerine and some snack lens and a bagel with some smoked salmon on it <laughs> and a cupcake. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send this uh, vegan smoked salmon to friend to the show, um, Muffy Davis, for oh. their next through hike. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you trying to punish people you care know. about? Because I was thinking, if they like, you know, don't don't hikers like something chewy? Um, like they they eat like a jerky. <laughs> this is like absolutely flawed deductive reasoning, like. Hikers love chewy stuff. They're always <laughs> chewing on what's that called? Jerky. So they probably love <laughs> this frozen. They probably love just like don't unthaw it until the moment of You're like hiking for days. <laughs> An ice pack just to protect your Sophie's. <laughs> yeah. Straight. Sophie, I just, somebody needed to intervene on Eugene who wrote this back thing and be like, you can't pretend like you're the first person to make vegan seafood, bro. You can't. Isn't that some kind of like, you know, false claim? I don't know. But mm-hmm. it looks attractive. The packaging. Packaging. And it's a product of Taiwan. Excuse. Liar. <laughs> Liars. You heard it here. I just, I, I mean, there's just, <laughs> you're at a loss for words. <laughs> How can it? How can it be that this person from Sebastopol, California mm. went to Taiwan to talk to people about making vegan seafood and came away from that conversation being like, I'm, I'm the, the first. first. <laughs> Definitely the first. <laughs> All right. I, I might be able to draw some connections between the dots, but I, I shan't. Um, wow. I, I, I was like, maybe you're like the first like bald white man in Sebastopol. Sophie's with Baldwin and stuff. I don't know. Probably, um, yeah. The first place called Sophie's in Sebastopol yeah. to make this. Mm-hmm. There you go. Morgan, I have one more thing to tell you, which is a, a new middle-aged hypothesis slash secret. Oh. oh. Slash tip. Try, try putting a hummingbird feeder in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Take off your straw hat and put on your plastic gardening clogs. <laughs> <in the goal. laughs> 
is deeply entrenched in being her middle ages. I turned 40 and I'm ready tell, to roll. Tell me what happens when you put a hummingbird baby. <laughs> what could possibly happen? <laughs> I can't, well, I, I can't uh, into it. Well, okay. So I have, hum, I've, I've had hummingbird feeders, different points by the window. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, and now you're finally 40. So you, you, you finally, <laughs> you dialed it right in. in and just like that i couldn't help but wonder as i saw i have a red birdhouse in the tree across from my desk and i you know on instagram famously squirrels will break in eat all the food and look at me from inside the birdhouse i have that back up the hummingbirds kept coming up to it because it was red and so then I thought, what if I put another hummingbird feeder, <laughs> multiple feeders? What if I put a, the red feeder in the tree so that they have somewhere to go? Mm. And then my tree became a hummingbird tree. Well, then I could <laughs> see they would be resting on the branches. It attracted more hummingbirds because they have a place they're they're protected, they're safe, and they're fed. <laughs> Is this what you were telling the people in line at just what I needed <laughs> when they were trying to escape to eat their treats? I was showing them pictures of my dog yeah. and Kaya's dogs and telling them the life story of each of those dogs. Pocket was rescued from a Mormon cult where he was being raised to be a guard dog. Oh, Ariel was found feral. It's like living with a deer. Panya was found on the streets of Merced. Here's my hummingbirds. Look at what I did was. <laughs> this is real advice. Real advice. We're all devolving into our most elemental selves. <laughs> our well, elemental self is a hummingbird feeder. I just had like a real turnaround this week. My students, I because I'm keeping a diary and talking to my students all week, but. So like last week or the other week I had like, was like, I'm going to feed everyone. And then the animals disgusted me like the scrub jays. <laughs> oh, and I said this on the podcast, I guess the scrub jays like chased away all the finches. Mm. And then like, I tried to save a bumblebee from inside my office and a lizard came out and ate it as it was dying. <laughs> and then like retreated to my, I was like, you guys are disgusting. You're disgusting. And then I went back and I looked under a pillow on my chair where I knew the lizard was going to be. And it was sleeping and it's little closed eyes open. It was like, what? And I thought that was very cute. Yeah. And then I did this new hummingbird thing and the hummingbirds are now in uh like motion with the scrub jays. They're in conversation. Mm. <laughs> They're co-creating. And somehow the scrub jays have gotten busy lately. And so the, the fat squirrels back, there's like a squirrel that I just really, Cute thought it was so cute 
and it kept getting chased away by the scrub. Anyway, everybody's back. <laughs> and you changed the whole ecosystem. We've pivoted in perception from the birds, mm-hmm. the movie, the birds into snow white again. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Welcome to your 40s. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, that, that's my hot tip is a hummingbird feeder in the tree. <laughs> cool, cool as hell. Cool, cool as hell. I'll try it. I'll let you know how it goes. Say punk. Say punk, yeah. everybody. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.